0: Thanks for tuning into Organic Matters. Go back to a subject I get no, on, oh, maybe once a year or so, but it's interesting the whole new information is out pretty early this year. This is usually something we talk about in late spring. The water analysis reveals nitrate, phosphorus, water pollution uh, more than maybe ever. but certainly not decreasing in the four upper Mississippi Basin states and more parallels than ever that shows it's a direct relationship and aligns with the ever-increasing fertilizer use on cropland. This particular reports on a couple of interactive maps from Water Atlas has provided uh, the information over 189,000 public record from more than 8,200 state and federal water monitoring systems about phosphorus, and nitrate pollution in surface water and groundwater, as well as nitrate in the drinking water provided by over 3,800 community water systems. Based this time for this story in Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, but believe me, it affects a whole lot more states than that. More importantly, it also highlights the extent to which fertilizer and or its other applied chemicals to cropland in each county are in essence, a close correlation between intensive fertilization and high levels of phosphorus and nitrates in water resources that put recreation, aquatic life, and your drinking water at risk. An astounding 86% of the communities that drink water are drinking water contaminated with nitrate Half or more of the federal legal limit of 10 milligrams per liter. And in counties where at least 70% of the croplands is fertilized, a total of 80% of surface monitoring stations with high levels of phosphorus, those greater than 100 micrograms per liter, are always in those same counties. Fertilizer, and to lesser degrees, even manures applied on agricultural land is the primary source for nutrient pollution in the whole Upper Mississippi River Basin. Much of it in four states covered by this particular water atlas also causes notorious annual hypoxic zones off our coasts in Louisiana and now Texas. During the summer, that part of the Gulf of Mexico is effectively dead with devastating effects for Gulf fisheries and the environment around that whole area. The scale of the pollution problem in that area across Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, and and, and in Wisconsin, literally makes it virtually impossible to meaningfully address the consequences of the problem without first figuring out how we can reduce the runoff from agricultural lands. The study reveals widespread and alarming levels of phosphorus pollution in rivers, lakes, streams, and groundwater. Nitrate contamination of drinking water is receiving way long overdue attention by many scientists, policymakers, and public health advocates because of its adverse impacts, and now the water atlas underlies the urgent need to apply the same scrutiny to the problem of phosphorus pollution also. Excessive levels of phosphorus and freshwater encourage the growth of blue-green algae. Actually, the little tiny organisms called cyanobacterias, which are harmful to humans and animals, especially when they turn toxic. And even algae outbreaks that are not toxic per se foul up lakes, rivers, and streams, making them unfit for fishing or swimming. Out of the four upper Mississippi River basin states, including in this this study, only Minnesota and Wisconsin have established a numeric criteria for phosphorus, which are EPA-approved standards. In other words, there to protect water resources from high levels of that chemical. As for instance, in Minnesota, the phosphorus criteria range from about 50 microunits per liter for northern streams to about 150 for southern streams. Wisconsin has a similar scale based on stream classification, ranging from about 75 to 100 microliters. In both states, the lake criteria are lower, ranging just from 12 to 90 microliters in Minnesota, about 15 to 40 in Wisconsin. The point being made here though, folks, is all these levels are higher than what's recommended for long-term safe drinking water. In addition, unfortunately, the groundwater in these four states is also polluted with high levels of phosphorus, which can increase phosphorus levels, of course, in the nearby surface waters. Across all four water states, phosphorus detection in 672 groundwater samples averaged above 100 between the years 2012 all the way up to the year 2019, so for long term. Wisconsin's average of over 420 micro units per liter is over four times the amount, far above surface water standards for basically any state. Then it's followed closely behind by Iowa, Illinois, and finally Minnesota. Phosphorus overloading in both surface water and groundwater is closely linked to how much cropland in the county is getting fertilized every year. A total of about 80% of the surface water monitoring stations and 83% of the groundwater stations with seriously elevated phosphorus levels, that's 100 micrograms per liter or more, are in counties, of course, where more than 70% of the cropland is fertilized. This report actually goes on and on, which I, just spouting back numbers doesn't mean much. But what I want to take a look at, because of my yearly interest, is this is the source of what causes the majority of the problem in what we call the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico every year. It comes from all the way up in the upper central part of the United States. And of course, as it comes down through the country, it even gets more and more polluted. So let's take a quick look uh, for instance last year just how big and what what part of the gulf is considered a dead zone just due mostly not just to fertilization this is the problem that i that i want to confront it's not just to fertilization it's to over fertilization with a little more study our farmers uh, that grow our crops could learn to use far less nitrogen far less other chemical still give us perfectly good crops that are better for us, better for the land, better for the water. But right now, it sounds like it's not cheap, but right now, nitrogen is so easy to get their hands on that, well, if a little works, then a lot must work better. And folks, that's just beginning to be shown that that's not a true fact. Just the opposite is true. As a reference, the 2021 Gulf of Mexico dead zone is far bigger than we expected In the year that just ended, the the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico is three times bigger than it should have been and than it is on average. We thought it might not be because we were so slowed down from COVID, but that's not what happened with our Gulf of Mexico. The annual Gulf of Mexico dead zone is what we call the yearly manifestation of our rough treatment of the whole Mississippi River basin we were just talking about. Runoff pollution from actually counts directly or indirectly with over 30 states, collects in that great river and flows out into the Gulf where it creates a giant an English anti-habitat, a place where little or no fish or marine life can actually survive. Earlier this year, scientists had predicted that the dead zone, or hypoxic zone, would be significantly smaller than average, since runoff is, of course, correlated with precipitation levels it would stand to reason that our pretty much parched summer would have at least slimmed down to some degree uh, kind of a consolation for lower water unfortunately the needle actually went the other direction entirely heavy rain in June, weren't quite expected, and much of Central and Southern Basin, along with warming ocean temps and other factors, ended up resulting in a larger-than-average hypoxic zone, 4 million acres, which is bigger, incidentally, folks, than the whole state of Connecticut. The only way to restore the Gulf's natural vitality is to change our habits up and down the Mississippi that we were just talking. And the best approach by far is to create a more, let's call it a more continuous living cover on our agricultural landscapes. By doing so, we can turn farmland from a fundamentally leaky system to one that more closely mimics the what was naturally tight-knit quality natural grassland that were there for thousands of years before we started farming it all, holding back the excess fertilizer that drives the aquatic algae growths that caused the trouble in the Gulf of Mexico. In numbers that I find at least somewhat comprehensible, we're talking about 6,334 square miles, over 6,000 square miles of habitat that was potentially unavailable to fish and especially the bottom species this particular year due to a much larger than normal hypoxic zone, whatever you want to call it dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico. By way of a little explanation, because people always think that I'm just saying we're dumping pure poison in. That's not exactly how it works. Human activities in urban and agricultural areas throughout the whole mississippi Basin watershed are really the primary cause for this annual dead zone. Excess nutrients flow into the Gulf of Mexico, meaning too much fertilizer, mostly, and stimulate an overgrowth of the algae. Well then, the algae die decomposed because they're overpopulated. The algae then depletes the oxygen as they sink to the bottom. Meaning, by depleting oxygen, they make the water unusable for fish, which need that oxygen to survive. To add insult to injury, and I always have to bring this up, part of the problem is the fact that the global warming is affecting our oceans. The average temperatures of our oceans are going up. And another problem that's not even brought up very often is as that temperature goes up, so does the acidity of the ocean water, creating, number one, a non-survivable area for a number of different coral species, which as they die also add to the hypoxic situation. And since those corals are actually an entire ecosystem of their own, all the species that have evolved to survive around those coral reefs can no longer exist there. I guess the only point i want to make for this part is we are, again, responsible. We are the problem, and we can solve the problem. We've identified it. We know what it is. We know how to fix it. We just don't take the time, money, or effort to do it. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters. I'll try to give you some happier thoughts in the last part of this show.